Leona is leaving us for a couple of months. So uh, I'm going to give you this prayer cloth today. And uh, we're going to believe God for a miraculous miracle in your life, okay? Praise the Lord. Well, God's still in the healing business, in case you didn't know. He's still in the blessing business. He hadn't stopped that. But I'm going to, just for a short period of time this morning, I'm going to, I got this message coming down the road. I'm an imitation without any limitations. You're all, you're all, everybody should be an imitator. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26, God said this, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. That means you have authority over every, over the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, and every creepy thing that creeps. You ever met any creeps? You got authority over them. He just gave you authority in Genesis one twenty six, and he said that this word image means to copy or to imitate, uh, to to be, to be like him. Now, when God breathed into Adam, God breathed Zoe, his God kind of life. When he breathed into Adam, he breathed authority into Adam. Now we know that all through the course of time that uh, we've given he Adam sold out a little bit, but thank God that we have opportunity to take it back. Now, but when he breathed Zoe into Adam, he gave him authority. Now, if you go through the Old Testament and look at the Old Testament saints, they operated. In an imitation of God. Now you understand that the Old Testament saints did not have the knowledge that you have today. Because Jesus hadn't come. They didn't know anything about Jesus. The only thing they knew was God the Father. So they operated uh, in the assumption of God would take care of them. You go through the Bible, and we won't have time to go through that, but you go Moses, Elijah, Joshua, Jacob. David, Daniel, all of those Old Testament prophets operated with authority that God had given them. Now, we get over into the New Testament, we have better promises, we have more authority, because I'm going to show you here in the Word this morning that you have authority over things. You know, uh, I had a guy tell me this. Well, I heard this. I won't say he told me, but I, I heard a guy say this. And uh, thank God for good denominations. They're everywhere. But this guy was a denominational preacher, and it, 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 I, I guess he was okay. But he made this statement. You, you know, sometimes you just make statements that are stupid. But this guy makes this statement. And he says, you know, he said, God will put things on you. He will put things on you to test you. Well, let me tell you something. God don't put cancer on you to test you. That's not one of His ways to test you. God does not put sickness on us as a test. He does not have all of the... 
it's like God is setting up in heaven. This is what this guy would be like. It's like God setting up in heaven. And he's thinking, now let me see here. Now we got Mike down here. Why don't I just put hemorrhoids on him this week? Now you see how silly that's. That's like what some of these people think. I'm not speaking it on you. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it would be like that's that's about how silly it would be that God wants to put this on you. He doesn't want put this on you. But I got good news for you this morning. I'm going to show you where you have authority to get it off of you. And that's the main thing. But but anyway, but we see here then that the Old Testament saints was imitators. They imitated God in the knowledge that they had. You take Elijah, call down fire from heaven, kill 450 prophets of Baal. Uh, Elisha done all the miracles that he did. Now we see over in the New Testament in Matthew 3, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 3. And we see when Jesus came on the scene, now we understand that Jesus came as 100% man. Would you agree with that? That when Jesus came, he was born a, a baby of a virgin. And he was 100% man. He had absolutely no power. Even though he was born and was a son of God, he had no power until Matthew, the third chapter. And it said here, when John the Baptist was at the river, Jesus, in, in verse 15, now verse 13, Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying... I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. Now, I want you to understand, at this point, Jesus had done no miracles. He had not done anything. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so, for this it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. John the Baptist had baptized him. Jesus comes up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove lighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This was when Jesus received the power to do what He was going to do on His time on earth. The God sent down and Jesus was anointed at the River Jordan to go through, cast out devils, heal the sick, do whatever, all He did. But Jesus did not have the Holy Spirit in Him. If you will notice in in in, in First Corinthians twelve, when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, there's two of the nine gifts. Jesus operated in seven of the gifts, but in tongues and interpretation of tongues, Jesus didn't operate in those. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He was endued with power from on high to fulfill His purpose. Do you get that? Now, today. Today, we have better promises. We got the power. Do you understand? It's not like that we're somebody above Jesus, but we should be imitators of Him and operate like He operated. But we can operate like He operated because of the power that's in us. 
See, when you got born again, when you got born again and you accepted Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit of God, the Zoe kind of life, you were born again, came in you. You know, it's like every one of us here this morning. You've got the power over the authority of the devil. And we're going to see, I'm going to give you a scripture this morning that will prove that you have that authority. But what happens is the church world, us church people, have sat back and took everything that the devil has given to us and everything the world wants to give us to us and think, well, that, that's just that's the way it's going to be. I'm going to live my life in misery. Well, I decided a long time ago I didn't want to live in misery. Because I found this out, misery loves company. And you have a house full of miseryites. Now, in John chapter... Five. Let's get over to John. In John chapter 5, look what Jesus said. In verse 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. So Jesus already said, I can't do anything. Now this is the Son of God manifested from, from, from the God the Father, and He makes this statement, I can do nothing of himself. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, for that he does, the son does it in like manner. He's an imitator of the father. Jesus was an imitator of the father. Have you ever noticed, and I've got a little grandson, he's sitting up there in the balcony, he's going to be 12 for long, and I've noticed uh, being around him, uh, you know, and him being around his granddaddy, it's amazing things that he does that I do. You know, like if, if, if I'm driving a mower or something, I got my tongue stuck out the corner of my mouth. I, I watched Canaan the other day. He's got his tongue tucked. He, he, he does everything I do. He's an imitator of his granddaddy. Well, we ought to be an imitator of a father. That we can imitate what he does. And we're going to find out what he does. But, but, but kids are imitators of their father. I noticed now, I, I, I saw Jennifer this morning, uh, and, and uh, she's got one of her little girls, as sassy as she is, acts just like her mama. And I'm sitting there looking, I said, yeah, that is so true. I mean, you know, they will act like you. And so we're going to start acting like Jesus, bless God. Now, he said here, I can do nothing except by the Father. Now, in John five nineteen, that's what he said, that I can do nothing. There's no limits that I cannot do because I go to the Father. Now, in John the 14th chapter, we see an interesting passage of Scripture here. In John the 14th chapter, verse 12, Jesus said this, Most assuredly, are you so hot? Mercy. I want y'all to just see my vest. <laughs> Can I take a little? I'm going to tell you something about my vest here. I was down at uh, Joseph A. Banks, and this vest was $189. And they had it on a sale rack. So I looked over and I said, I want, you know, I've got a big belly and all that. I'm, well, I don't, I'm getting it, I'm trying to get it down, but I've got to, you know, and so I'm trying to get my belly down. And so I saw that vest and man, I love that vest. I said, I really look good in this vest. 
but it probably ain't going to fit me. That's a lot of faith in me. I said, it probably ain't going to fit me. So I go over to the sale rack, and they had it marked down from 189 to $19. I said, now that's me. So I take... I take the vest up there. I'm going to give $19 for it. I take the vest up there, and the boy rings it up. And he said, well, sir, this thing's now $16. I said, well, praise the Lord. So I bought it. And the thing about it, it fit me. So anyway, that's a, that's a little bypass story. Don't, that ain't got nothing to do with the sermon. Now, in John 14, 12, look what he said. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What's that saying? It's saying that you can be an imitator of Jesus. He said, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than then these he will do because I go to my Father. Now I want you to, I want to count right here just a minute. Why did he say that? Jesus knew that if he went to the Father, the Holy Ghost was coming down. And the Holy Ghost was going to empower you to, oh my God. I said the Holy Ghost is going to empower you to do greater works. So it says right here, Jesus said this. I didn't say it. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these you'll do because I go to my Father. The only way you can do the greater works was the, was the Holy Ghost coming down. And whatever you asked in my name, that I will do, that the Father be glorified in your in the Son. If you asked anything in my name, I'll do it. Okay. Now, see, we get camped out on that, and we think, well, we just ask for anything that's going to happen. Well, I think I want a new Mercedes today. Well, it's going to happen. That ain't what that said. There is qualifications for that to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? If that was a if that was a truth, I mean, if that was truth, just you ask whatever you want, it'll be done for you. Everybody would be a millionaire. Everybody would be driving a new car. No, there's qualifications that you have to do to have that scripture work for you. If you ask anything in my name, you'll do it. Oh, I found out now. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and that enables you, come on now, that enables you to do the greater works if you keep my commandments. Now, and he says in verse 16, I'm going to pray to Father, and he'll give you another helper. Well, what is that? Well, that word helper there is in capital letters. That means deity. The word helper means deity. So the word helper is the Holy Ghost. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want it. Are you telling me now, Pastor, are you telling me that there's something I can have that, that is better than what I've got? Yeah, I, I sure can. Well, what do I have to do to get it? Nothing. All you got to do is ask for it. 
Pretty simple. Wouldn't you say that's pretty simple? Just ask for, Lord, I, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I, I'm born again. All you got to do is be born again. Ask for it. And then the power comes. And he said here, I will give you, the, I will praise of the Father. He will give you another, another helper. And he will abide with you forever. Now, what causes that to work? I tell you, the two things that is a byproduct, worship and praise, is the byproduct of a relationship with Him. Worship and praise. What do you do? Every one of you came to church this morning. What did you come for? Well, we just come to hear Pastor preach. You know, he always does a wonderful sermon. You ought not be, that ought not be the reason you came. I'm going to be honest with you. You ought not even know my name. You ought to have a relationship with Jesus that you come to hear. It doesn't matter who preaches. I mean, you know, Charles Matson could be preaching. If, 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 if you've got a relationship with God and get something out of it. But see, that, he, he said now, and he said, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, verse 17, because it don't see Him or know Him. The world don't know the Holy Spirit. The world has got nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. And He says, but you know Him. We got a call from the President. (laughs) And He says, But you know Him, look what He says here, for He dwells with you and in you. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit is with me and in me. I'm going to tell you a funny story back before I got saved. And um, if I've told you this before, um, don't pay no attention. But anyway, back in the charismatic movement, when the charismatic movement was starting, Beck and I go back to the 70s, uh, you know, when the charismatic movement was going. Miss Effie remembers this, the full gospel businessmen association and all of that was going on. So anyway, they had a, a service in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, at the um, um, hotel there, ballroom. And they had somebody from the full gospel businessmen come in to do a service on the Holy Spirit. They're talking about the Holy Spirit. So Becky decided that I needed the Holy Spirit. Now, she was already in a church. Uh, uh, I wasn't going much, but she was in a church, and they one of them uh, tongue-talking churches and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so, naturally, I thought they was nuts, you know. So, anyway. But anyway, Becky decided, let's go to this service in Murfreesboro, and, and this guy uh, uh, prays for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I said, well, okay. So we go to Murfreesboro, and we're in this auditorium. And so there, I don't know, maybe two or three hundred people there, and they went to the auditorium, and this guy talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, everybody that likes to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come up front and make a straight line. Well, it was all the way across the bill. I mean, it, it is full of people. So Becky says, you need to go. 
So I go up there, and this guy uh, comes by, and, and, and this is what he does. Well, the main thing was he wanted to take up an offering first. So before you could get it, you had to get the all, you know, you give an offering. So he took up the offering. Then the guy come by and here's what he done. Had all these people right through here and he come up here and, and, uh, uh, and he, and he, he would do this. Now repeat after me. Shama moo moo moo. Or whatever he, whatever he said. Shama moo moo moo. I said, and so when he got to me, I said, Shama moo moo moo. Or whatever he said. He said, you got it. You got it. You got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, I go home. We're in the car. We go home. Beck and I get in an argument. I start cussing. I'll tell you the truth. I get a call. I'm cussing. And she said, you didn't get it. <laughs> no, I didn't get it. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't get it because I didn't want it because I thought they was nuts. Anyway. Do you know how I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I didn't even ask for it. I, I, I didn't ask for it. Was you there that night? Okay. I just went up, you know, I was lost in August 22nd, 1990. I didn't ask no baptism. I didn't want none of that stuff. There's no stuff speaking in tongues and all this kind of stuff. It's from the devil, so I didn't want it. So I, I, you know, I'm not going through all, you know, all the story about the sock. But I went up there, and 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 uh, the evangelist prayed for me. I fell out in the spirit. 24 hours later, I wake up. I stay out in the spirit. 20, 24 hours later, I wake up, and I wake up speaking in tongues. Well, that shocked a lot of you, but uh, <laughs> but it was. But I didn't ask for it, you know. But God just supernaturally gave it to me. So then after that happened, I started operating in what they, I found out what I could have in the Bible. That all I had to do was be an imitator and take off all limitations that people try to put on God. They try to limit God. Now, God, we know that you can do this, and you might do this, but I don't know about this. So what we do is we limit God, and we like put Him in a box. And we might let Him out if we really need Him. So that's what happens. And so Jesus came in the power of the, in the Holy Spirit and do, but we come and we receive the power because it is in us. Now, Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said this. Behold, I give you all the authority. Now, Jesus is talking to you. He said, Behold, I give you all the authority over all of the power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, in uh, probably two, 2000 or probably about 2003, Beck and I was in uh, uh, Jamaica with Brother Stoney. And... Uh, Brother Stoney wanted me to do a revival at a place called Wakefield. Well, he didn't tell me this before we went to do the revival, but we went to do the revival. And so uh, the first night of the revival, they sung some song, and I got up to preach, and I couldn't move. It's like, what's going on here? 
It's like, man, I could barely do this. I said, what? Something's happened here. There was a guy out on, and I didn't know that. Now, Brother Stoney didn't tell me this till we got back to his house that night. But this 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 um, little town was one street in this town called Wakefield. On both ends of the street was devil worshippers, and they had put a hex on me. Now I know most of y'all ain't gonna believe this, but that's okay. It's what happened. So I get up and I can't hardly move and I can't talk. And and but here's what I said: There was a guy out on a porch with a switchblade knife, and he was trying to cut people as they come into church. People hollering and screaming and carrying on. And so when I got up, I said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to end tonight. But I tell you what, I'll be back tomorrow night and I will be ready." Well, I go home, and I said, Brother Stoney, I said, it's like something's all over me. He said, uh, well, Brother Herbie, I didn't tell you. He said, uh, that's a devil worshiping town. He said, we're trying to build a church there. And said, there's witches on both ends of the town. And he said, they put a hex on you tonight. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I'd never, never been there. But I knew it was real because I felt it was real. So, you know what i done the next day? I prayed and fasted all day. I go back that night, and I'm ready. I go back that night, people's in the church, this guy's out there with his knife. I get up, I walk out to the front porch where he's at, and I stand up and I said, I said, in the name of Jesus, I curse you and command you to get out of this place right now. You know what he did? He took off running, bless God, because somebody that had the authority of God combated that devil and called him to leave, bless God. And you have the same authority in your life to do it if you'll take authority over the devil. We're not supposed to be a, a pin cushion for the devil to stick us every time that he wants to. We have the right and the authority to imitate Jesus. Now, I, I thought many times after that, well, what, what, what would the Jesus have done? Jesus had done the same thing. He wouldn't have took it. Some of us are taking things you don't have to take no more. It, 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 it's just like the thing. Uh, uh, I heard a black man one time, and, and uh, uh, he was preaching, and he said, I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, I ain't taking it no more. Now, you do what you want to. I ain't taking it no more. I'm standing up. I'm declaring my right, bless God, and I'm going to fight the devil, and you ain't stealing from me. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus didn't come to put no sickness on you. Jesus didn't come to take your money. Jesus didn't come to take your joy. Jesus didn't come to put all depression on you. It came from the devil, bless God, and we need to recognize who's doing it. And then we take authority over it. We stand, bless God. How long do we stand? You stand till you get the answer, bless God. What happens is we want to pray, and, and we pray one time, Lord, uh, I want this, this, whatever. And then when it don't happen that night, 
We have we, we pray a prayer, and it doesn't happen that night. What do you do? You nullate the prayer because you say, well, I guess it ain't going to work. It'll work if you keep working it, bless God. And like I said, when we pray, we, when, when we say a prayer and believe in God, worship and praise will underline that prayer and cause God to hear you, bless God. Because the Bible says that He inhabits the praises of His people. So when we start praising Him, the Bible says we just praise and bless God till the glory comes down. In 1902, in Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California, a black man and a white man decided that they wanted to see God. In 1902, in a barn, a livery stable on Azusa Street, they started praying, bless God. How long did they pray? They prayed until the power failed, bless God. And what happened was in 1902, what we know today as the Pentecostal movement happened in 1902 on Azusa Street because a black man and a white man started believing God for some miracles and the power of God fell, bless God. And people started, let me tell you something. If you read about Azusa Street, there was people that would come and have all kind of sickness and diseases, walk in the door and be healed. Nobody prayed for them. Nobody touched them. Nobody done nothing. Just the power of God was so strong that they'd be healed, bless God. Well, let me ask you a question. If God done it in 1902, is He able to do it in 2019? I say He's the same God. It ain't no, He's the same God. He's same yesterday, today, and forever. If He create a miracle in 1902, surely to God He can do it today. But we just take, well, I, I just gonna take it. Well, I'm tired of taking it. Well, Brother Herb, I hope I got enough to get through next week. Let me tell you something. Start talking to that pocketbook. Well, now, surely, God, you don't believe that. Talk to your pocketbook. Now, I said, now, let me tell you something. You're going to line up here. The problem with my pocketbook, I got a wife that... Uh, it, it, <laughs> I got a pocketbook, and I have to watch. I talk to it. But she double talks. <laughs> but no, we're settling for less. We're, we're, we're settling and putting limits on God. And it's a no, we serve a no limit God. And see, that's what happened uh, uh, in Acts. And if you read, we don't have time today. But uh, oh my Lord, it's already too late. In Acts chapter two, when Jesus met him in, in Acts chapter one, he told me he said, "Go to Jerusalem and wait for the power to come." Then Peter, after Acts chapter two, read it in Acts. Peter, after he was there on the day of Pentecost, and, 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 and he got an unlimited power 
a source from the Holy Spirit, if you'll read in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Peter, all he did was speak the Word. In Acts chapter 3, he goes to the gate beautiful to pray. Every day, they go up to the gate. There's a lame man there. Now, you know they went to the temple every day to pray, the Bible said. Every day they went to the temple to pray. But, and, the, and the lame man was there every day. Begging for money, the Bible says. And so, what happened was, uh, uh, after, after Peter had a day of Pentecostal experience, he took all, all limits on God. He had, he served God with no limitations. He started imitating, he started imitating what Jesus was. And in Acts chapter 3, when he went to the gate beautiful, he walked up the gate that morning and the lame man was there. And the lame man was begging for money. And, and, and he asking, the Bible says, asking for alms and money. And Peter walked up there with John, bless God. You know the story. And Peter walked up, and the lame man said, give me some money. Peter said this, silver and gold I do not have. But I got something for you, brother. I done been somewhere, and I got something. I got an unlimited power source from the Holy Ghost. And, the, and, and, and Peter told the, 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 the lame man, Get up and walk. He didn't touch him. He didn't lay hands on him. He didn't say five prayers. He said one, two words. Get up and walk. And the Bible says he just sat there and looked. No, he got up and walked. Why? Because somebody who had no limitations with God spoke a word of authority with that blind man, I mean that lame man, and he got up and walked. Well, I challenge you today, is it any different today? Ain't no different today. They said, well, not, and everybody's got problems. I, I understand that. But it's time that we say, look, I'm going to turn it over to the problem solver, and I'm just going to start worshiping. Yeah, let me tell you something. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, what happened there? i tell you what happened there. The Bible says they was in jail, and the Bible says that they put them in the uttermost parts of the prison. You can't get no lower than where they put them, right? That's what the Bible said. Am I right? And it said that Paul and Silas was in the jail, and uh, uh, they had them in, in, in stocks and bonds in the dungeon of the jail. And the Bible says this. Uh, and they were singing and praising God. Can you imagine this? Hold this right there. Now, they got them handcuffed. And, 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 and they're in the innermost parts of the prison. Acts chapter, 10, uh, Acts chapter 16. And so they got them handcuffed. They can't raise their hands in praise, but they got them handcuffed in the prison. And here's what they were down there, and they was praying. The Bible says it was about midnight. See, some of you might be about midnight, and you're waiting on God to move. And the Bible said uh, about midnight they was praising God, and all of a sudden there was a shaking. The Bible said there was a shaking in the prison, and it ain't nothing James Brown done. They were shaking long before James Brown come along. 
And, and, and it said there was a shaking in the prison, and, and, their, and their handcuffs fell off. And the prison doors opened, bless God. Why did the prison doors open? I can tell you why the prison doors opened. They was worshiping God. And when we can get into worship and start worshiping God, your jailhouse will come unlocked, honey. I know, Miss Effie, you, you probably think I'm nuts. You're a sweetheart. But I hope this encourages you today. God ain't through with you yet. Where was I at? Oh, and they started praising God, and, and, and things started happening. When we start praising, things will happen in your life. So we just start praising and start worrying. I came from a family of warriors. We, we, we was authentic. My family was authentic warriors. Anybody ever seen them? I mean, if they didn't have nothing to worry about, they worried about not having nothing to worry about. I mean, they just worry all the time about all kinds of, we ain't got this, we ain't got that, we ain't got this. I, I, I came up, I said, I'm gonna, it's going to be a day, I ain't going to say I ain't got it, bless God. I'm going to tell you, I've got Let me tell you something, you, look at my hands. Them the hands of a blessed man. You ought to get up in the mornings, and even before you put on any makeup or anything, and I know it will be a stretch to do this. But you ought to get up in the mirror. And you ought to put your hands out. And you say, I want you to look at these blessed hands. I wonder what God's going to do for me today. He's going to have to put something in my hand because I'm just going to shout the victory down, bless God. Well, let's all stand. I've done gone too long. I'm sorry. Glory to God. Now, here's what I'm going to do today to help some of you. I want a good worship song. And here's what I want you to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you the question here this morning. You may say, you say, Pastor, and I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to ask you a question. Pastor, I'm needing something. I've got something in my life and whatever it may be. It may be physically, mentally, financially. It could be anything that you might have some concern over. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Now, all you that raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up here at this altar and we're going to start worshiping God. Do hallelujah for me, God. Um, Kathy and I want you to come up here and say look I'm going to take a step and I'm going to start worshiping God and this is going to be the start of the rest of my life in worship and we're going to hear a report this week that God's going to do when, when you start doing that you're going to see that God will do something for you I want you to come you that want to come come and worship I want, I want you to come to the altar you know what has happened? The church has took the altar out of the church. We used to have an altar. But now because it's not, it, it, it's not kosher. 
I don't know why we just come to the front. Well, it, 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 it's an act of obedience to come and say, look, I'm just going to come worship Him. Oh, thank you, Lord.